What's up, Conroe? You are listening to Nerd Thug Wrestling. This is, the, uh, well, I'm not the captain. Um, the, l- the lieutenant, Corey DLG. And with me, with me as usual, is uh, little brother Nico. Yep, I come attached half the time. Yeah, at least half the time. Uh, the captain is um, utilizing his skills as head of HR to take yet another day off. Look, if he makes all the rules, I'll be glad to follow them. Wow, you're like. I you mean, I got a day off for it. <laughs> that's true. You did get one day off. He like, was like, "Day off, chief." So it's just me who doesn't get the days off. Is basically where we're at. Yeah. All right. Well, I still have to do work on my days off. You would get the whole day off. If I ever had one, I would take it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. You are listening to us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, make sure to check out the podcast. It'll drop at 6.01 p.m. today. It is 2 o'clock. It's Friday. The weekend's getting started. Literally, as soon as our show ends, officially the weekend has started. Yep. The, our show is the weekend launch show for Conrad. Exactly. So, 3 p.m., we're done, we're off the air. Weekend time, baby, you're at work, get out of there. You're in a car, just jump out of it. Head to your local watering hole and uh, get watered down. You know what I'm saying? Liquidy, yeah. Hydration. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, Hydration. <laughs> Stay hydrated and responsible. Responsible, yeah, hydrate responsibly. Um, yeah, so there's all that. Make sure to check out uh, our sponsors. Uh, Cox ATA and the adventure begins, and this is of course Nerd Thug Wrestling. Um, Nico, this is actually a very important week in the world of wrestling. Why is that? We just had the All In Double or Nothing pay per view last weekend. Amazing. So this was Raw and SmackDown's first episodes. Post that. Ah. And this was everyone's opportunity to kind of make their opening statements. 2019 is going to be really important because by the end of 2019, there will be another wrestling group on U.S. cable television at a, at a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the words real here, at a real time on a real station. Wow. Which is the first time that's happened in a while. Like, Impact Wrestling has been on TV in America, but it's been on, like, Country Music Channel... Uh, on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Like, right, really like weird, times. outdoorsy or versus. Like, uh, New Japan Wrestling is on, um, uh, I have it on mine. It's one of the satellites. It's like AXS Television. I don't know what the A or the X or the S stands for. Right, but um, it's all of those things. Right, it's AXS Television. Um, so this will be, TNT is going to have all, uh, all the wrestling on its channel. They haven't announced days and times yet, but I'm willing to bet this is going to be a primetime weekly show on TNT. Which is great for them. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, to me, the most interesting part about all of this, though, is all this was All Elite's first event this year. Last year, a year ago at this time, they had their first... It wasn't All Elite Wrestling yet. It was just Cody Rhodes having a pay-per-view event that he put together himself with the help of some other guys, and it was just called All In. This was called All Elite Wrestling, All In, Double or Nothing. That is a long title. It is. Uh, it was $60, which right. is the standard price for pay-per-view. All right, so it's not cheaper. It's not, and it wasn't. So when WWE launched their network, the only advantage to, at the time, getting the network was the pay-per-views were nine ninety nine? They hadn't digitized the library yet. They hadn't added everything to the streaming services yet. They weren't at that point, so it was nine ninety nine, and once a month there was a pay-per-view, or once every three weeks is kind of how it was going, and that was kind of really the only advantage at the time of of the WWE. That changed the price of wrestling pay-per-views. This is really the first company to launch a major pay-per-view since WWE released the network. I was curious if they were going to mess with the price at all. I kind of thought they might come in at like a $39.99 or $29.99, somewhere in that range, $30, $40. They stayed right at the 60 buck mark. I don't, I I haven't seen anything about the numbers. This isn't like boxing where 
in boxing, they typically release the numbers within like one or two days because it's part of the measurement of who's like a great fighter. Like when Mayweather fights, you have to, they have to, you know, he likes to release the numbers and tell the world what he did. Right. And so now with this going on, you have to, you have to kind of watch the numbers and see, you know, I'm curious what's going to happen here. I think it's a smart decision because of uh because I think the people who want to see this are going to buy it. These hardcore people like like Joey, I could see. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that he didn't. He, I was like, you didn't get it. He goes, no. And this is what he said, no. I mean, sixty dollars is so expensive because the other ones are just nine bucks, and that's, I think that's a built-in advantage for WWE now. Right. Um. But anyway, so All Elite Wrestling had their first big event, and the and the big explosion, the big pop at the end of it was that Dean Ambrose of WWE, he was wrestling as an independent before he came to WWE. He was wrestling as John Moxley. He then showed back up in the ring at the at, in the finale of All Elite Wrestling as John Moxley again. Wow! And he. Uh, I guess it's not called the Dirty Deeds anymore. It's an it's his it was his move with WWE. He did his Dirty Deeds to Chris Jericho and to Kenny Omega. Uh, and the finale, he took Kenny Omega and they fought all the way out to. There was this giant prop by the entrance of the stage. It was a bunch of poker chips, mm-hmm. and he did it to him on top of uh, the giant thing of poker chips. Oh, that's great! Yeah, they were like giant, like mega poker chips. Yeah, they were like giant size, and so they're like. He's standing in the middle of one of the chips, and he's just, like, posing over Kenny Omega. It was a great finish to an event. Um, friend of the show, of uh, formerly of Reality of Wrestling, Kylie Ray, was in the female match. I think it was a I, – I, I didn't see it, so I don't want to say the wrong thing because I think it changed, like, right beforehand. Um, but I thought it might have been a fatal four-way or uh, something along those lines. I think it was a fatal four-way. And um, anyway – it's just been really all elite went. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but they went all out. Like they, they were aggressive in this. They put it. They put their best foot forward. They had a heck of a show, and they're getting tons of free press and tons of publicity with just how they put together a professional level caliber esque show, old school WCW, WWE Raw kind of feeling show. Uh, the biggest complaint ever anyone has is that it's a bunch of former WWE people involved. Cody Rhodes wrestled his brother Dusty Rhodes. Both of them, WWE, uh, WWE. Really, it's cus- it's Cody Reynolds. I, I I've called him Cody Rhodes forever. It's Cody Reynolds. Um, technically, but whatever. Right. Um, they're both clearly WWE. Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho are both WWE. Um, Hangman Page is a former WWE guy. Uh, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot of WWE people, but I think that's that's how you start something like this. Well, I mean, <laughs> they have a lot of the staying power. They have a lot of the experience. They were good, and they went to do something else, and now they've come back together to start something new. I think it's really, really yeah, nice because it's not like they're excluding people. They're clearly bringing people who weren't in the WWE. Correct. It would be different if it was all WWE. No, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. And on top of that, they've actually done a really interesting thing. You use the word include. Um, so Cody Runnels is married to, uh, a black girl, um, and, uh, she used to wrestle, I don't remember her name now, and so, he, during the press conferences and the pressers and all that after the event, this is clearly later, like, you can see that he's showered, he's in, like, sweats, he's got a towel over his shoulder, like, it's, after everything's done, he's doing kind of the last mop-ups of press and all that, and, um, he's standing there. And this guy is asking him, you know, hey, we noticed a lot of people, you know, people we've never seen before, people who don't look like people we normally see, uh, women, men, you know, just it was it was a different mix of people. Mm-hmm. Um, was that intentional? Is that something you're trying to do to to show people that you're that you're not WWE? Like like, kind of elaborate on it. And so this was the quote that he gave, and this first part was a direct quote. Yeah, uh, he he. He points out that he's from a mixed marriage and that he very early on told his wife that he doesn't see color. And her reply was, then you don't see my struggle. Um, which is a brilliant reply to that to that kind of amb- ambiguity. And so he, he basically pointed out, he said, listen, all the wrestling is going to get the best people. 
We're going to work hard to bring the best people in. Um, we have zero interest in doing something for a gimmick, but if they are the best people, they're going to be here. With, like We're going to get them for you. We're going to go out and find those people and bring them in. And that's, I mean, that's what people want to hear. Right. That's what people want to see. They want to know that you're you're working hard to put on the best product possible. Forget about the politics or yeah. Oh, Vince McMahon doesn't think this guy looks like a champion. Oh, this guy doesn't. You know, forget about that. Like, if it works, it works, and it works. Right. These are the best people. We're gonna bring them together. Right. Um. And and that's what you want to see for your sixty dollars a month. I don't know. I'm curious what the numbers are because they're kind of starting right now. It almost doesn't matter what the numbers are because like. Right. They sold out the event. They sold T-shirts. There's all kinds of merchandise already. I feel like they're probably already a plus company. Like, they're probably already right over what they've spent. Although, if they're counting the contracts as, like, one-time hits, then maybe, you know, maybe they have some more to make up. But they do have a TV show coming up, so. Right. They've got one more pay-per-view um, towards the second half of the year that they've already announced. And then... Sometime late 2019, uh, they'll be they'll be on TNT, and so it's just gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes. I think over the long run they're gonna hit road bumps and stuff with their process. We're gonna kind of pick that up because what we're gonna what we're gonna do now is we're gonna, when we go off to break when we come back we're gonna talk about how the WWE responded after this huge successful event. Uh, we're gonna jump out to a break and when we come back we got more Nerd Thug Wrestling coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. And welcome back to more Nerd Thug Wrestling. Uh, before we get into anything, Nico, wants to tell our friends about Cox ATA. Cox ATA. They got two convenient locations, one in Magnolia, one in Conroe. Yeah. They got all kinds of things for you to do from any age range from 3 to 93. They got the Tiny Tigers. They got Tai Chi, Taekwondo, self-defense, all kinds of courses that you can take there. Mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. Ooh. Now that summer's coming up, you got the kids. They got something to do. You get some discipline, get your workout in. You know, it's a great way. It's a great experience. Completely family friendly. You go there. You talk to Mr. Cox. You tell him. Nerd Thug Radio. That's right. I'm here for the free training. That's right. Give me them two free weeks, y'all. Uh, they teach life skills. They build leaders. They leave. A legacy. Yeah, that's right. They got two locations right there in Conroe and Magnolia. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to get out there and just kind of enjoy. It's um, really cool. Uh, make sure to check out their Facebook page and all that stuff. They're always... Yes, they make sure we, we link to them when we release our shows and all that. So if you're following us, you'll see them. You should like them. Uh... Mr. Cox uh, is over both locations, but he's got some people helping him at the other one, uh, and they're great too. It's uh, Mr. Sprawn. Sprawn. The Sprawninator. Um, we were supposed to play poker this uh, this weekend, but we, I, the last weekend, uh, but that was the weekend of I I was sick and Joey was doing the uh, crawfish boil and all that. Mm. And then Mother's Day and all that fun stuff. All that yes. All that yes. All right, we will. Um, we're gonna pick up right here with where we left off, which we were talking about how All Elite Wrestling just had their first major event of 2019, and they were, and it went off great. So they should be super proud of that. Right. That's always that's always a great time. And what they need to be uh, looking at is how WWE responds. That's what's important from that point on. Right. And the interesting thing is that WWE really kind of laid. They've been struggling the last month or two, mm-hmm. and they basically laid their biggest egg of the year. I think this week, just on this response, I don't. It wasn't really, or lack thereof. Yeah, sort of. It was first of all, it was a terrible 
two episodes. Raw and SmackDown were awful. Not a good follow-up to a, a good pay-per-view. Right. You've got to think if your competitor fires a shot over the bow. Right. That you're going to do something. You're going to do something, and you're going to make a statement. Maybe some kind of big match or maybe some sort of big event. But you gotta, you've got to make a statement of some kind. And instead... They you, you, you throw out two garbage episodes at them. They really were doing. They really did the same thing that they had been doing for the past couple of weeks, and it just it, it hasn't been working. The last few weeks have been really frustrating to watch. Okay, so let me break this down for you. So WrestleMania is basically the end of a wrestling season. This is the culmination of storylines and all that. Yeah, it's a big moment. Uh, the following week they do Superstar Shakeup. Okay, right. which is when they move people around, which gives them opportunities to basically start new stories, reset new everything. Right, right, right. And the first big pay per view post WrestleMania is Money in the Bank, and now they do a men's and a women's. And essentially, what this does is, by the end of Money in the Bank, you typically have a champion for each show, in men and women, uh, tag teams, and then you'll also have. Somebody who now has a money in the bank contract. And what that means is for the rest of that year, through all the way potentially through WrestleMania, that person gets one title shot whenever they want. All they have to do is turn in the contract right there on the spot. So a lot of times this is an elevation moment, okay? So if I'm if I'm an hour two guy in Raw, Raw's three hours, okay? And I'm never on the I'm never on the intro stuff. I'm never on the finale stuff. But I wrestle pretty consistently on the middle of the of the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a I'm a B guy. I'm a B plus player. Okay, as they called Kofi. Um, when I when Money in the Bank rolls around, they're gonna put five or six of us B plus players together, and we're gonna have a match where we get to focus on one of us is gonna win Money in the Bank. And that means that B plus player gets his chance to elevate his game for the right. He has he he has a title shot now. He has a title shot, but more importantly, he's going to get a lot of screen time. Right. That's the biggest commodity in WWE is do I get on television? If I'm one of the people who gets on television, this is why I always said I thought Cody Rhodes should have stayed because he was getting TV time. He wasn't one of the guys that isn't getting TV time. Uh, Bray Wyatt has been healthy for like. Five months, according to the reports, and they have just started doing TV vignettes in the last month with him. Oh no! So for four months, he was doing nothing. He got nothing. Nothing. Just sitting around. And this is a guy who's been all over the card, up, down, top of the card, bottom of the card, champion, tag team champion, everywhere. And they were like, "We don't have a spot for you." So if I mean you don't have a spot for me, (laughs) right? So if I'm getting TV time, I should be happy at WWE. Uh, now, granted, there's a lot of control involved in this, and I'm a creative, so I understand when people say I don't like the I don't like the control, I don't like the character, I don't like what's happening, blah 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 blah. Uh, I get that, I I do understand that, but so the money in the bank typically one of these B plus players, one of these guys who's getting five to ten minutes a week of air, of time on TV, mm-hmm. suddenly he gets to cut promos. Suddenly he gets to make threats. He gets to just show up in the middle of matches. He gets to just interrupt stuff and have spots and do bumps and do things and chase a champion for six months, Who knows eight months. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they cash him in early. Sometimes they don't. So Bailey won hers at the at the Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte beat Becky for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, Bailey, uh, Charlotte and Lacey Evans were started beating up Becky Lynch. So Bailey went out there to help. While she was out there helping, they knocked Charlotte basically unconscious. She's laid out on the mat. So Bailey says, all right, well, I'll go ahead and cash in right now then. And she's been Money in the Bank winner for like 15 minutes at that point. She turns in her Money in the Bank contract right there on the as she's standing on the third turnbuckle, drops her little elbow thing and covers Charlotte up for the one, two, three. Charlotte was champion for about 15 minutes. <laughs> no, not even like three. Uh, and so... But a lot of times, people have it all year. Brock Lesnar won the men's money in the bank. And so, for three weeks, he's been cutting promos. I'll tell you who I'm going to challenge for my title soon. But he's been going on TV. He's been on, like, he's doing the finales. He's doing intros. Like, he's part of the programming right now. He's a core ingredient of WWE because he won the money in the bank. Now, also because he's Brock Lesnar, but that's... Aside the point. That's two separate ingredients. If he was, if he was you know... uh if he was Apollo Cruz and he won the Money in the Bank, he would still get to cut these same promos. Right, he still gets that that opportunity. 
Um, and so coming out of Money in the Bank, though, it's just been really like just kind of just hasn't. So they've been working on this TV deal with uh, with Fox Sports. Fox Sports wants access to more than just half of the roster. They want all the roster. So now they've created what they're calling a wild card. So the top five guys from both rosters are now wrestling both nights, Monday and Tuesday. What that results in is all of a sudden AJ Styles had to miss out on a fatal four-way for contending for the title. Um, Finn Balor just had to pull out of a... Basically, all of his appearances building up to the next pay-per-view event because his back's not ready yet after Money in the Bank where he got powerbombed into a ladder and chokeslammed onto a ladder and suplexed onto a ladder. Um, so, like, all of a sudden, the wear and tear is, is doubled. Right, it's exponential. Like, right. the amount of damage you're going to take normally, but now you're wrestling two days a week in a row. Back-to-back, plus travel, plus the events, plus the signings, plus the this, plus the that. Right, like the schedule is just unrealistic and not feasible. Like you're gonna you're gonna run through wrestlers in like ten seconds, and they still have a ton of people that they barely even see. They right. still have a ton of people you barely even you barely even notice. So I get why people leave WWE, but most importantly, what we were talking about is it's been a really it just hasn't been good. The right, it's, it sounds brutal. The programming has been bad, and now that injuries are starting to creep in, you you start to realize like you're seeing the same five six dudes. Now on both shows, on both over and over and over, that's not that's not the deal. That's not what anybody wants. No. So to me, what I would like to see happen here is an opportunity to. I thought they were going to come out swinging. I really did. I thought they were going to come out and just do some crazy stuff. A new stable, maybe promote a guy or shrink, like drop a guy or like. Cut some sort of interesting thing. None of it. Right. None Nothing. of it. They did, they did none of it. It was literally two or three more weeks of the same stuff. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing to a high, high level. Um, also, they're in a weird spot. This next pay-per-view is in Saudi Arabia. How much time do we have? We have, we have a couple minutes here. Okay. It's in Saudi Arabia. Um, this is not the first year going, uh, last year, they, if you think about the calendar last year, when this event happened, it was literally in the middle of where that, uh, the journalist was murdered in the Turkish embassy by Saudi Arabian agents. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there were all these different conferences and events coming up on the Saudi Arabian calendar that high profile companies and blue chip companies and around the world pulled out of people like apple were like oh we're not going to go to that tech conference in in saudi arabia anymore that's not happening anymore yeah and 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 simply what it was is just wasn't a good look you didn't want to be photographed in front of saudi arabian landmarks and shaking the hands of the the there's a prince he's got a uh, give him a nickname i don't remember what it is but like he's the guy that they're basically that intelligence leaks to the media have basically said he's like a super villain at this point like he's the guy who ordered the hit because he didn't like what they said uh, Saudi Arabia is one of the more restrictive countries as far as women's rights and things of that nature. There's just a bunch of issues around going to Saudi Arabia. So Sami Zayn is, I believe, Syrian? A Syrian uh, Muslim, I believe, is actually what he is. His uh, his tights are covered in Arabic, uh, if you ever look at him. And he didn't go, right? He didn't go last year. But he was also... He basically was disappeared for like seven months anyway though and it turns out he had double shoulder surgery and then they gave him some time off and let him rehab and get back in shape and blah 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 well he's been back now for six seven weeks it feels like and he's now not going to the saudi arabian event right now he's not going for political reasons uh his right religious his reasons political reasons there's several reasons he's not going <laughs> right uh kevin owens is his best friend kevin owens has announced he's not going kevin owens has only been back for like 12 weeks, 10 weeks maybe. He's announced he's not going. Uh Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens have been having a great rivalry with Kofi Kingston. Well, out of the blue, they can't use either one of them for the title match cuz they're not going to go. Nope. So, they bring Dolph Ziggler off the bench. No one's seen Dolph Ziggler for like 6 months. Joey said he's doing stand-up comedy in LA. I didn't even know that. He literally shows up out of the blue. 
to wrestle against Kofi. Uh, and he cuts a terrible promo where he's just jealous of Kofi and how he's upset that after 11 years, Kofi got a chance he didn't deserve and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so that's the promo he cuts, and now that's going to be the title match in Saudi Arabia. Ooh. He shows up out of nowhere. There's a Money in the Bank guy lurking. Uh, there's the middle of a, like a great rivalry with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but because they're – and they're going to Saudi Arabia because they, they get a, 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 just a, a ton of money. Right, Saudi Arabia, that's the one thing Saudi Arabia has, is money. Cash, 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 cash. Last year when they did the event, uh, Chris Jericho was in the Royal Rumble. He made a surprise appearance in the, in the they have a Royal Rumble event at the Saudi Arabia thing. He, he, he said he was in there for like four minutes of work. It's one of the biggest checks he's ever received for one event ever. Uh, and that was like a 30-man battle royal. Oh, boy. Right. So if that gives you an idea how much money the Saudi Arabia event is worth to WWE, and that's the thing where they're stuck. But after all elite, you think you would try try harder something, and so this their is, response was non-existent. Their response was tepid. It was bad. And then they're they're trying to build up to this pay per view, and I know we're against it here. And I'm going to point this out, and then we'll jump out. There's two big matches at this pay-per-view that have not been talked about or previewed at all on television except for video packages. No one's got on a microphone. No one's had a fight in the ring. No one's done anything. Undertaker and Goldberg are going to fight. Uh, Undertaker is... But he retired. I, I thought so too, but he came back for a tag match against Shawn Michaels and Triple H last year in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's Saudi money. <laughs> that's Saudi money real good. Um, and then, and Goldberg is also, I mean, he laid, he lost to Lesnar, uh, two WrestleManias ago, and he hasn't been seen since, and then on top of that, Triple H is gonna fight Randy Orton. It's weirder to me that Triple H and Randy Orton haven't cut any promos in the ring, but they haven't. They've literally used footage to explain their rivalry. The, the youngest of that footage is like four years old. But it goes all the way back to their beginning when Randy Orton was like young in the in the WWE and was with the Four Horsemen or Evolution as they were called, and Triple H betrayed him. I'm talking about 10, 12, 14 years ago. And this is the conclusion to that rivalry in Saudi Arabia. Okay, thanks WWE. Right, that's gonna be two of their big, but but it's because they those guys love that '90s stuff. So Goldberg, Undertaker, Randy Orton, Triple H, like this is. Their wheelhouse. Okay, WWE. Right. Yeah. All right, way we're going to way to fire up the competition here. <laughs> we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back. We got more Nerd Thug Wrestling coming your way. <laughs> Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> Welcome back, Conroe. This is Nerd Thug Wrestling. Uh, what's going on, man? Eh, not much. All right, all right. That was a good commercial break for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff done. Yeah, you look real busy over there. Yeah, I am. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking about a really important week in wrestling this week. Yes, and the WWE's uh, terrible responses. Yeah, I just feel like. I just feel like if you if you uh, if you're if you're the only kid on the block and some kid rolls up on you and he's like, "Hey, look, I can do what you do," and puts together a competent, well-done performance, and your response is, Meh. "Right," it makes you look real bad because it means you're not like you're like complacent being the only one. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's two ways it goes, right? Like. I think you. I think the right. I think the word is complacent. I think that's the right word. But I think it also it says like. I guess. All right. Let's look at this from the WWE point of view. If I overreact because all the wrestling had one, one good pay per view. 
is that more of an indictment against my strength, my? I think it's a. Is, is it is it, is a, is it a condemnation point. of like what I'm doing to change what I'm doing because they had one good show? No, uh, mm, it depends because the other thing is that if you uh, it, we're we're facing the exact opposite scenario where there was no response despite a good show, but like okay, you have one good pay per view. Well, then, if you have a really good performance your next week where you're, like, over, quote-unquote, overreacting, where you put on a really great show, the worst thing that happened is that you put on a great show and that people are entertained. I No, uh, yeah, you might be right. I mean, and that might be... I'm trying to think, like, if I'm WWE, and like, I and Sunday night or Saturday night I'm watching All Elite Wrestling, and, it, and I'm, like, and like, everything, I'm just like, oh, my God. Ugh. <sighs> do I get up Sunday and do I write a whole new script for Monday Night Raw? I don't know if you write a whole new script, but I think you try and you put forth a lot more effort. You punch it up. Yeah. You try, and you, can't, you try to you know build things up, amp it up a little bit. Not like I wouldn't go so far as to say like, scrap the whole thing. We're doing another one, and like rush something out that's not going to be as good. Now, what if for the last four or five weeks I've been hearing whispers and statements of like. Hey, we're not doing so well. This isn't our this isn't our best foot. And then Ollie Elite has a good week. I, th- I yeah, I, I think you you try and recover, but if if you're still if you're still met with that same like meh, I think then you would you would have to shift gears completely. So you think this coming week is more important than last week? Yeah. Cuz I think I think the the one the one week is not enough time for them. But I think if by if the if this next week WWE is still flatline or even somehow worse, then I think they're in a very serious spot because that means that they're not even trying at all. Okay, okay. Um, I I don't disagree with that. I think. I mean, not not trying at all, but like. No, no, I get what you mean. Like y- y- they they're not acknowledging the seriousness of this. Right. They're not taking it seriously. Uh, which I think is probably you're probably right. I think that might be part of the the overall scenario is they may not be, you know, they may not be looking at this as like. And I said in the beginning, I said, you know, this isn't really competition for WWE until they're on television week in week out and they're putting on a good competent product week in and week out. Right. Uh, yeah, it'd be different if they have a TV show and. After, you know, two months of, like, mediocre. Yeah, if WWE's been bad for two or three months and all the wrestling their first month of television is great, then I think you start to have. But I also think that there's kind of this great equalizer to all of this is that... So we're going to kind of dovetail into this uh, probably more in the next segment, but with the internet and with all this, just with the, the golden era that I always talk about for all the stuff we do, podcasting and creative and all that, where we're just kind of... We're in this beautiful moment where anything can happen. Right. It's really easy to be the upstart because you're almost on equal footing almost immediately. Like all the wrestling, I don't know what the I didn't think to check the the social media numbers, but I bet I bet it's been a, a meteoric rise. I mean, they've only existed for four months now, and I bet it's been a really aggressive Real aggressive four months. Yeah, Yeah, I bet it's been like just really aggressive. The growth rate for their likes and follows and tweets and t-shirts and all that stuff. Because they've been busily signing and putting together a a roster of of competent, good wrestlers wrestlers that people follow and know. Um, So, I do think, you know, the old way of thinking about something where you kind of can, oh, we can sit back and we can see what happens. I don't know that that's true anymore. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that because social media has played such a it's such an integral part of the WWE's like goal as well, you know. Every time there's something relevant, they're always trending on like Twitter and they make all these waves in in all of these social media platforms. So I think them using All Elite Wrestling using that and it's like being able to just aggressively market themselves like that. Correct. And especially in the indie scene where that is acceptable almost more and huge. Right. It's like more important almost. Yeah. I think that they're 
they're kind of they're in a really solid spot, and I think going to television is only going to help them. How much time do we have here? Uh, we still have like four minutes. Okay, good. What I want to get into here is we're gonna we're gonna follow up on that thought. I think in the next segment because I have a whole bunch I want to say about that because I was watching some stuff that we'll talk about on the next segment. Okay. Um, the other part I want to get about this though is Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, has just exploded. Um, the WWE handled his release kind of interestingly, where essentially his contract was coming up uh, at WrestleMania in about December, November, somewhere around that range. They actually kind of announced. They said John. Uh, they said Dean Ambrose's contract will be up, uh, and we will not be renewing it. Um, and I, and that was be- he had said he wasn't resigning, so that that kind of settled that for them. Um, but it was interesting to me and to Joey, we had a, a long-standing debate that this was either what's called a work or not. In other words, was WWE playing an angle? And specifically what I said was, because of All Elite Wrestling, one of the big things that happened with All Elite Wrestling was, one of the, uh, let me rephrase, one of the big things that happened during the WCW-WWE Monday Night Wars was WCW stole about five different wrestlers that that at different times that the WWE had no idea their contracts were up. Um, for example, Rick Rude uh, literally had already taped his Monday Night Raw event uh, like a few days before in Canada or something. WWE was live every other week and taped every uh, every off week. Mm-hmm. So they had done a live event. A few days later, they had done another event, and that was going to be the Raw event. Uh, his contract was up literally Sunday night at midnight. Eric Bischoff of WCW offered him a bunch of money and told him, you can't tell anyone or this voids the deal, but what I want you to do is show up Monday uh, backstage at like 8.15. show's already started. Everyone's already dressing in the locker rooms. They're already up front. They're already working. You'll come in the back. We'll walk you in. No one will know what's going on. Literally no one will know. So I think there was like five people total who knew. So Rick Rude famously has gone down in history as being on both Monday Night Raw and Nitro the same night. Uh, And that was a big thing for WCW. WCW was stealing. Lex Luger was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan for WWE. Uh, His contract had expired. They were working on a new deal, but they never... Never signed it. They never signed it. They couldn't. They couldn't. But but Lex Luger was so comfortable and confident that they would get to a deal. They were in a good spot, but they weren't finished with negotiations. That he worked without a contract for like six months. Well, somehow Eric Bischoff found out that Lex Luger had never renewed, and that they were just kind of going as is. So he snapped him up. So he did, and he told Lex Luger, "You can't tell anyone. You can't do anything. No two week notice. You don't have a contract. You don't owe him anything. I will give you." Basically everything you're asking for. Here's the sun and the moon and the stars. Here's all the money you want. By the way, we do like a third of the amount of appearances that WWE does. But you can't tell anyone. So, again, he does a Raw event. He does a this. He's supposed to be doing a pay-per-view. Like two weeks before the pay-per-view, all of a sudden he just disappears and isn't returning phone calls and didn't check in at his hotel. And the next day he's on Nitro. Nice. And people are literally, their phones are ringing in, in WWE headquarters. Like, what? Lex Luger is gone? Like, what happened? Again, this was their Hulk Hogan at the time. So I think WWE, the lesson they learned was, if there is another guy poaching talent, don't be caught unaware. And so I think what they did with Dean Ambrose was they, as soon as it was obvious that they weren't going to, they couldn't come to terms, and Dean Ambrose wanted out. Uh, John Moxley, he wanted out. The reality is he, he came on Jericho and he was very honest about his relationship with WWE and how much he didn't enjoy the creative side how much he felt like he just couldn't find any room to do what he needed to do and didn't like Vince McMahon's style and blah, 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 blah. In 10 hours, it was Jericho's highest-rated podcast ever. Um, so John Moxley, he, you know, I think WWE wasn't getting caught unaware. WWE very wisely said, more than likely, All Elite Wrestling will make a play for this guy because he's young, he's good, he's got a great charisma, he's got a, he's got a great growing star. So let's just go ahead and cut it at the knees. Um, and so they announced that he that he was literally they talked about it on multiple broadcasts in the build up to WrestleMania. Like this may be the last time you see Dean Ambrose do this. This may be the last time Dean Ambrose ever does this. And it 
And I think it was to tell readers or tell listeners and viewers that, listen, he's leaving. He's leaving. So don't be surprised when you see him somewhere else. It was still a massive pop, though. Right, yeah. Um, it, I feel like I feel like even with all the announcements, they're like, hey, man, don't be surprised. And then everyone's like, hey! hey I'm surprised! And you're like, but that's, I think that's, I think that that's one of the changes be that WWE made because of all the wrestling. Oh yeah, but I sure. don't think it's I don't think it's enough. I don't think so either. Yeah. All right, we're gonna it's jump a very out minor here. Thing. It is a very minor thing. We're gonna jump out of here. We got one more segment. When we come back. We got one. We got twelve more minutes of Nerd Thug Wrestling. <laughs> The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're cur- hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> All right, Conroe, welcome back to Nerd Thug Wrestling. We are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister straight, sister stations. That's accurate. Yes. I don't know about that other stuff, though. The sinister striations. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. The Mr. Sinister striations. That was the name of his string quartet in 1892. Uh, he's been alive that long. Yeah, he's uh, he's Nathaniel Essex. He found Apocalypse like in like the 1800s, and he was like he had ideas about genetics. And Apocalypse was like, "Let's be friends." And so Apocalypse messed with him. So now he's immortal. I don't know if he's immortal, but like he controls his DNA. He's effectively immortal. Yeah, there's a jellyfish that does that. Really? Like it'll like go, it'll like become an adult, and then be like. Now this whack, and then goes back to like a juvenile state, and then goes oh, back up. My mom would say that that's me. Yeah, but I've always felt like a jellyfish would be a good spirit animal. So it's a solid one. No, and it's not, that's and that's the cool part. It's a liquid one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big gooey ball. They <laughs> evaporate in the sun. Yeah, see, that's really accurate. I bubble up real bad. Um, <laughs> that's why you don't go outside. That's it. That's why. Um, all right, so we're streaming worldwide on iHeartLoneStar.com. We are Nerd Thug Radio. Go to www.nerdthugradio.com, facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio. Uh, shout out to uh, All Adventure Begins and um, Cox ATA. Make sure to check out the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash nerdthugradio. And uh, before we get too far into this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys about Adventure Begins. It's right there on 1488. It's um, Man, 1488 is just blowing up. When you go on there now, like there is just... Businesses after businesses after businesses after businesses. Like, it's, it's, there's so much business, it's biznasty. You know what I mean? But the, the adventure begins is right there on, I think it's Old Conroe Road. It's technically the name of the road that they're on. Uh, it's technically the name of that light that you turn at. They're in that brand new shopping strip. It's starting to fill out there right there by, there's a little brewery there called like Taft or something like that. Uh, the adventure begins right there on 1488. When you walk in, the first thing you're going to see, if you walk in from the outside, you're going to walk in on the comic book side, and the first thing you're going to see is just how beautiful it is. Uh, it's very it's very well-spaced. It's very pretty. The, they've got nice racks with all the comic books on them. The staff is very friendly. It's well-lit. It's clean. It's a very fun, good place to go and really get your nerd on. You walk through that room, and then you're just surrounded by games. There's games literally lining the entire walls. They've got all kinds of tabletop gaming, card game, board game, Hero clicks, all the, all the good stuff. They got it there for you. Um, so when you get out there to 1488, though, what you want to do is just go all the way down 1488 until you get to Old Conroe Road, and you're going to find Adventure Begins. And when you get there, you're going to say hi to everybody. Let them know that Nerd Thug Radio sent you. They've got um, – the pull boxes are still going on for a very limited time. The time is running out. Uh, you, they, you get a 10% discount on your entire ticket as long as you keep your box in good standing. So take care of your box. Take care of him, and he'll take care of you. That's right. So get out there to 1488 at the Adventure Begins, where the adventure begins. Woo. They got a Adventurers League on Sundays, cosplay crafting. They also do a parents' night out. So like they've got like people who are good with kids. You drop your kid off. You pay a fee. You come back. You have to come back a couple hours later though. 
that, to go out somewhere, not for like to leave them there the whole day. Well, I mean, you, you have to pick them up, right? Yeah, you gotta take them home. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take your kid back is the rule. But there's a guy Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh alternating weekends. That's right, they're on Saturdays. So make sure you stop by Adventure Begins and uh, have a good time. It's it's a really nice fun place. Okay, so we're wrapping up this edition of Nerd Thug Wrestling. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation that we've been having, and I think there's some other elements to it that we need to touch on. There's other parts to this, other ingredients that have contributed to All Elite Wrestling opportunity, its moment. Um, right now, Vice is running a... What's a marathon? Or it was yesterday, I should say. They ran a marathon of a show they had in 2018 called The Wrestlers. Nice. And essentially, this guy went around with different groups of wrestlers and different wrestling people and just kind of followed them and talked about just different opportunities and things that was going on with them. So, like, one of them was going on tour with some really younger guys who, you know, hadn't really done much, and it was just going to a couple shows here in the States. And then another episode was with MVP. Uh, MVP uh, is world famous, has wrestled around the world. He's wrestled in New Japan where he was a champion. Uh, he wrestled with Impact Wrestling for – he had uh, – he had signed a five-year deal with them. He wrestled four of those years, and then he asked for his release the fifth year. Um, and this was – he's wrapping up his career. He's 45, 44 years old, something like that. And basically, uh, they came to talk to him about, like, what it looks like as you kind of finish things and kind of wrap stuff up in that regard. And, you know, how does he feel physically and just some of the different stuff. But what they wound up talking about for a lot of it is how much wrestling has changed. MVP, his career is right in the middle of that. Impact Wrestling, for a little bit, was sort of a rival of WWE. When WCW went away, uh, the top people at WCW who didn't want to go to WWE, they wound up at, at the time, I think it was still called TNA Wrestling maybe, uh, and so they wound up basically creating Impact Wrestling. There were some things about Impact that were interesting. It had a six-sided ring instead of a four-sided ring. Um, they they did some interesting storytelling and stuff like that. But a lot of it was, this was really the first place where indie guys crossed paths with professional guys. Because the WWE had their own schools and stuff. So there weren't a lot of indie guys who came into WWE. Uh, Impact Wrestling, though, was really the first time you would see Hulk Hogan's and Sting's and Mick Foley's and Ric Flair's crossing paths with an MVP and guys guys like that. Um, Which is neat. I think that's a really gets a lot of people involved. It does, but it also, most importantly, opens fans' eyes to independent wrestling. Mm -hmm. Which, when I was a kid, was still considered backyard wrestling home videos, websites, it was kind of sneered at. And meh, meh. YouTube kind of... Screen time is the great equalizer. Anytime something is viewed on a screen, no matter what size, it feels more yeah, real. Right. So when it's just a guy on a screen literally filming himself sitting in his parents' house talking about all the video games he plays, he turns into PewDiePie and makes a billion dollars... Because it's on a screen. It, there's just a believability element to it. And over time, as his resources in, enhanced, he improved his product. Right. But in the very beginning, the thing that just made it believable at all was that you could watch it. And it's the same thing with independent wrestling. As independent wrestlers were able to post their matches, and then wrestling groups formed that posted their matches. And all of a sudden, you had stuff like... Uh, there's one... Uh, what's that wrestling or whatever it's called that Joey used to talk about in Britain and it started out as like a YouTube show and it became its own wrestling federation, its own wrestling group uh, where they had their own matches and stories and characters and things of that nature um, and what's happened over the past eight years six years uh, is that these people now have these opportunities to build up a fan base before they come anywhere before they join anywhere so there's already people following them so MVP, he's doing this event at the finale of this, and he's wrestling with a bunch of indie guys. Well, one of the indie guys who's doing one of the other matches is a guy by the name of Ricochet, who right now is wrestling on Raw and SmackDown and just participated in the Money in the Bank match. 
Look at that. Look at how far we've come. In in the span of two years, that guy went from doing a bar in Florida to being on SmackDown. Wouldn't be possible. That would that never would have happened without without the internet and all that. Also, his body type is completely different than old school traditional WWE wrestlers. What's happened is he's and they talk about it on the Vice thing is these people are just more athletic. They show up already able to do flips and stunts and lands and things. These guys have gymnastics and karate backgrounds now, and they don't they don't want to just do the old school stuff. They want to do new stuff. They want to do these things that they've seen on TV. They want to show people something new. Um, and then the other part of it that that needs to be touched on as we get out of here is people like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. He couldn't get enough screen time in WWE, and he didn't like the direction they were giving him. But now he gets the opportunity to control his screen time and control where he's going and control what he's doing. And suddenly, he's happier, and he's making, if not the same, maybe even a little bit more money, and he's in complete control of what he does. And that's that's the Cody Runnels, Cody Rhodes situation. When he left WWE... He was in charge of his own fate. He suddenly was able to just be happier about what he was doing. Right. And then on top of that, because he was smart on how he booked himself and how he leveraged his situations and agreements and his fame, he was able to, to really create a massive opportunity for himself that wouldn't have existed four years, eight years, 12 years ago. And I think that's sort of the important thing to realize is that all the wrestling is, is really maximizing... Like someone like uh, Kylie Ray, never would have been a. M- You've never seen her before, and all of a sudden she's in the v- the middle of a pay per view, right? And I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, we love Kylie Ray. We've had some fun with her on some interviews, and she does great matches at Reality Wrestling, and she's been touring f- this whole year to build up her brand even more. But the reality is, to go from doing a bar in Florida to the WWE in two years would never have happened, and someone like Kylie Ray never would be in an all-in, in the middle of the all-in pay-per-view, uh, kind of coming off of, you know, on some of the banners she's playing school gymnasium still. But it's this growth and this control of their careers that they have now. Right. It really offers a lot and also makes it them a lot more accessible to the everyday fan. Absolutely, and it gives them opportunities to be known and to be learned about without... You know, if I'm Bray Wyatt and I've sat at home for four months, people have forgotten about me. Right. Um, or if someone just started. They've never seen you before. So I do, I do, I think that's important. All right, we're going to jump out here on that note, I think, right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Is that your hand sign for that? Unfortunately. Because I got a hand sign for you. Uh, we're going to jump out of here. Everybody, thank you for listening. This is Nerd Thug Wrestling. We're on 104.5, 106.1. Shout out to um, – Adventure Begins and Cox ATA. I'm, I'm just I'm blanking now all of a sudden. Right. What's happening? I know. I'm falling apart. Make sure to check out the Patreon page. And uh, for n- little brother Nico and myself, Corey DLG, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. <laughs> <laughs>